I've got to be honest, I feel awkward as fuck recording this. This feels weird and wild. I've got a camera on me. I'm trying to stay as centered on my microphone as possible, but I'm also watching my gain, trying to make sure I'm not peeking too much. There's just a lot going on. This feels scuffed as hell. We're going to try our best. So without further ado, welcome to the Can't Relate podcast. I'm your host, Emily Dukes. I think some introductions are needed because I realize not just my friends will be listening to this. I'm trying to manifest imagining some of you out there who don't know me yet, who are going to discover this later on, and just trying to relentlessly believe in myself in this podcast that what I'm creating has value, that I deserve to take up space, and that I'm going to push this confidence out of me as much as I can. I've wanted to start a podcast since I was 20. I'm 26 now. And I was getting to a point of the last couple of months of realizing I don't want to make it to my 30s and regret not taking a chance on this. I may have said that I had wanted a podcast like over the last six years, but I wasn't actually doing anything to make it happen. And we could go all the way back and say it's because of insecurities in myself or feeling like I don't deserve to take up space, but I just didn't make it happen. I also think I probably wasn't in the right place for it either because throughout the last couple of years, things have been tumultuous. Things have, you know, sucked. And I feel like right now, maybe this is the just best time that I could be recording this. I'm at a really introspective state at this time in my life. I've been through a lot. I think the bottom line is I just didn't believe in myself and didn't believe it was worth creating something, especially because I was so focused on the amount of people who were going to be listening to this. I wanted it to pay me money. I wanted to bypass all the extra steps that go into making something like this where you have to start small and you have, you build a small following and you build up people who are essentially like cult like followers of your work where like they agree with you or they offer new ideas they feel like family or they feel like friends you kind of play off the parasocial relationship it's like i essentially want you to feel like you are sitting across the table talking to one of your best friends i'm in a stage of life right now where i have a couple of close friends but no one is my best friend anymore and that is one of the hardest things that I went through over the last couple of years was losing some best friends, going our separate ways, having really awful fallouts. And part of me feels like this podcast is manifesting out of that place of feeling like I don't have I don't have a safe space to share some of these thoughts that I'm having or dissect what we're experiencing as late 20 somethings. And if you're younger or older, welcome. I am so excited to hear your thoughts and perspectives as well. I felt with this being the first episode of the show, it was important for you to understand the inception of the title and this podcast, what I hope to create from this, as well as give you a framework of what to expect from this first season and then the seasons moving forward. I also think this is a great mile marker because I'm imagining my future self looking back on these episodes and being able to see that growth and see that belief in myself while also bringing you along on that journey, like that, that makes me so excited to reach in the future. So the entire Can't Relate podcast came about because of a therapy session that I had a couple of months ago where we discovered that one of the core reasons I have depression is because I don't feel like I belong anywhere. And I've never felt like I have. There were family things going on through elementary school, I had some friends, but we were all in the same homeschool group. And so I wasn't exposed to people different from me. And then as I got into other circles, even if they were religious kids, 
I had this sort of complex of being better than them because I was told that I was. I had adults come up to me and say I was so mature for my age that I was so different from the other girls that I was able to speak my mind or articulate. I was 13 having comfortable conversations with adults when my other 13 year old peers couldn't do that. And I realized in the therapy session that that had become a part of my identity. I was the old soul. And so I wanted to live up to that name. But it also showed up in other areas of my life too. I started out playing piano when I was three years old And I didn't have parents who pushed me into anything. I know that there are a lot of people who have experienced that. And I hate seeing what that does to someone. Because then they're just focused on the performance itself rather than actually being creative. And despite some of the shit that I went through in childhood, I will say that I recognize that that is a massive privilege that I had at least my mom who was cheering me on and telling me I was capable of anything or telling me how talented I was. So in piano, I was told that I was really talented, even at a young age, like the piano teacher said that in comparison to a lot of the kids that she taught, like I picked, I picked things up really quickly. And then that translated into me writing stories because I've always been an orator and a storyteller that has always been my baseline is whatever I'm doing, if it's music, art, Filming, photography, podcasting, it's all storytelling. And then it was the music that I was writing in high school because I scored orchestral songs in one of my classes or when I was in ballet for a year and I was told I was more graceful than some of the other girls. And I, it's weird talking about this now when I don't receive that same feedback, obviously, because now I'm just in the pool of regular people. I am just regular. I am not, I'm not this outstanding, specially gifted person necessarily. And, and that's not like meant to be downing myself at all. I think that's actually just accepting the reality that it's like, yeah, like I have confidence in my photography that I'm able to capture photos really well. And I capture emotion really well. I know my strengths, but I also recognize that there are other people way better than me. And I think that pool was just so much smaller as a kid. And as that's like going through my head, I started to isolate myself from those other people. And especially where like religion was concerned, we'll dive into that. That is an entire other episode, but it almost made me feel like I was quote holier than thou. I wanted to be the kid who raised her hands in worship, or I wanted to be the kid who was like really great at writing essays. And I was like one of the few kids who got an A in my class It was never just about the A. It was about doing something that kids my age didn't do and that that somehow made me special and unique and worthy. And so when your worthiness and sense of self is built around not performance, I wouldn't say performance necessarily because I I wasn't trying to get A's. In fact, I, I got C's and D's by the time I went into senior year of high school because I was so done with everything. But I think it fueled me more being one of the few. And so as all of this is coming up in my therapy session and we're chatting about feeling like I don't belong, I journaled after the fact some of my thoughts and realizations and I sort of tied all those things that I just mentioned together. And I came back to her the next week and said, I feel like I just can't relate to other people. And it's been like that my entire life. In middle school, I went to a private school for two years. 
and it was a Christian private school, but those kids had known each other for years prior or they had already been established and I was one of the only new kids coming in that year and I was coming in seventh grade. So it's just the middle of the most awkward time in your life to do a transition like that, especially going to school next to people and you're not just being homeschooled by yourself and you're getting taken to homeschool group co-ops every week. Like you're kind of like introducing this sense of normalcy that I had never had at like the worst time possible. And I still felt like I couldn't relate to them because I was the stronger Christian than all of them. I had to be the better Christian than all of them. I had to be the one who saved her first kiss for marriage and wore a fucking purity ring and read I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which if you don't recognize any of these things or if these sound insane to you, welcome to the Can't Relate podcast. I think this is honestly like, it's why that title felt like it fit so well because I feel like I can't relate to other people and I recognize that not everyone is going to be able to relate to this. And so it's like, how do I tell this story so it's appealing enough to other people who, even if they can't relate, they're interested in hearing more about it. And then from that angle, how can I sit with the experience that I have and how I've grown as a person, but ingest even more information from someone else who had an entirely different experience than I did? That's what the space is all about. And so sitting in therapy, chatting about that, realizing I can't relate and worrying that other people can't relate to me, the title was born. So I used chat GPT to figure out my tagline. I wanted it to focus on being welcoming and comfortable without it being overtly self-loved base. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I have a very specific vision for this podcast and I don't want it to go all the way as like just these the soft, cozy podcasts that are really wonderful when you're in a really terrible state of mind. Um, not downing those at all. Please don't take it that way. But I also don't want it to be maybe at the level of, say, Call Her Daddy, which is a, I absolutely adore that podcast. And I'm definitely taking nods from how Alex runs her episodes for the future for myself. That's besides the point. I wanted to find a happy medium. I want you, whoever you are, Whatever your experience was, wherever you grew up, and whatever beliefs that you held then and what you believe now, I want you to feel like you are welcome here. We could and we may have different values, but that doesn't mean you don't deserve a space at this table just like I do. And that no matter what we talk about, we're going to come away feeling refreshed. That whether you want to listen to this on your hot girl walks while you're getting ready in the morning if you need a break from work and you just need to feel like a friend is there for you, but feel like you can't reach out to your own friends, or if you are struggling to go to sleep at night and it's 3 a.m. and you just need to feel like you're not alone, I've got you. I'm here. At the same time, need to give you some disclaimers. I curse like a fucking sailor in case you didn't already pick that up. If that is a problem for you, please feel free to refrain from listening to this. This is part of who I have evolved into. And I understand that there are different people from different stages of my life who have seen different versions of me who could and probably are listening to this. And I understand if it feels surprising or daunting to hear and see this side of me where perhaps you thought this would never happen to me. Uh, why did she change? Where did she go? And I completely hear you. That makes a lot of sense. But I would rather give that disclaimer now and let you know that it is absolutely okay if it makes you uncomfortable hearing me curse. I would much rather you refrain from listening to something rather than feeling obligated to support me. I want you to do what you are most comfortable with. Second thing, there will be trigger warnings 
scattered throughout this podcast, but I do want you to understand that in general, for at least this very first season, because who knows what happens by the time we reach second season, this first season is going to focus primarily on these couple of topics. Those are going to include mental health, which are going to specifically be talking about anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations, and eating disorders. I'm going to be chatting about routines and creativity. We're going to throw some friendships and relationship conversations, sex into that mix. But the other two elements that I do want you to be aware of are discussing my leaving religion and everything that goes into that, as well as working with trauma. And so if at any point you feel uncomfortable with moving forward, I understand that I don't have to give you permission because you already have that innately. But just to make it absolutely clear, you are welcome to skip episodes. You are welcome to unsubscribe. You are welcome to not continue to follow me if it is not best aligned with you. I think this is like 10, 15 minutes of introductions later. I would like to be the first one to welcome you to the first episode of the Can't Relate podcast, Not Like Other Girls. So public school was a fucking disaster. This is where I know so many people are going to be able to relate. You may not be able to relate to the exact reasons I felt insecure in myself. You'll probably have other reasons, but mine were primarily because I was a very Christian Christian in a very secular space. It was really hard finding people who believed the exact same things as I do, because I will never forget the fact that I argued with someone who was Catholic when I was a freshman in high school and told her she was going to go to hell because she didn't believe the version of Christianity that I did. And let me just tell you how fucking ashamed I feel to even admit that to you right now, because that's a part of me that I do not want anyone in my present life to ever experience. I have friends who are part of the LGBTQ community. I have friends who live incredibly different lifestyles than I do, and I adore those people. And the idea of my old ideologies being a part of me and knowing like that those ideologies hurt people like the people I'm friends with today, I'm, I'm just so embarrassed and ashamed. So this was my first time being around the secular community. And I still remember walking down the hallway the first week of school, hearing people my age curse and having never even heard the word fuck, which is just weird to me that I am sitting here a fucking decade later using all of the words I possibly could. And I just wonder if that, if that version of me is ashamed I'm sure she is to some extent, and she's terrified of this happening. I totally hear her. She's terrified of turning into this, like, worst version of herself. But I've got news for her. We're actually doing really well, and I'm really proud of the progress we've made. (laughs) And I understand it's all about accepting those parts of you, realizing that that is not who you are anymore, that you have grown, that you have changed your mind on things, that your ideas have changed. And that is so important. It is so important to me to continue to evolve. And I think I was afraid of that evolution, literally and figuratively, for the entirety of high school, which as an aside, I I was a kid who did not believe evolution was real. I was taught that the earth was 6,000 years old and we will get into that in a later episode. Also by that point in high school, I was starting to experience the trauma that I am now processing today. Home life was really hard and really scary and I didn't feel like I had anyone to rely on, especially because they, they weren't like me. They weren't the Christian friends I had been used to through elementary and middle school. And at that point we had left the church that we had been in for over a decade. 
And after that point, I never really found a place that I felt as comfortable as I did then at that time. And I'm sure it was also because I did grow up with those kids. That was my experience of growing up with someone. And, you know, I didn't experience it in the public school system or that or that private school system, but I did experience it in my particular church. And so when you drop all of that and you are just isolated in this desert of unknown, of not being sure where you belong now, it fucks with you. Senior year was where everything changed. And it is so cathartic to be talking about it now because as it was happening, as difficult things would come up when I was 17, 18, I would try to imagine myself in the future looking back on that version of me and being completely okay. And I've finally made it. I'm finally on the other side and I can look back on those moments and they don't hurt. I'm not sad. I feel sad for the girl who experienced those because I still remember what that felt like, but I don't actually feel that way anymore. I realized in one of my therapy sessions that senior year of high school was the turning point for my identity. And I think that's when this reprocessing and challenging my identity actually began. Because for the first time, I found this group of friends that I felt really comfortable with. They cursed. Most of them didn't go to church. And I loved them. We were all nerds and we would talk about Marvel and DC movies and We'd host board games at one of our friend's houses in their basement, and his mom was like our squad mom because we called ourselves the squad. One of my friends in that group was the valedictorian or salutatorian or not not salutatorian, the valedictorian or one of those who gave a speech at graduation, and myself and our squad group was named in his speech. And even thinking about it right now, I feel so much nostalgia, and I miss elements of that because that feeling of belonging is unlike anything you can ever experience. There is nothing like belonging in either a group of friends or feeling like you belong in a family. And I'm especially imagining maybe someone who grew up with a really terrible childhood and family home life, and they found a really wonderful family that they're like friends with or they marry into that. Like, that's what I'm imagining. The moment that it all changed was on October 31st, the first time I'd ever heard Mr. Brightside by the Killers. And the guy that I liked had actually moved out of state and was going to a different high school, but was trying to convince his parents to get him so he could move back and finish out second semester senior year at our high school because he was having that hard of a time. He was going to live with my friend. It was going to be a whole thing. And so on Halloween weekend, there was a football game and the guy and my friend called me and asked what I was doing and invited me to this football game. And so I drive over as a like, basic white girl is what I dressed up as because it's all I had for costumes. I wore boots and I bought, I I grabbed a Starbucks, like an empty Starbucks cup and showed up like that. I wore the leggings with the boots over the leggings uh, and like the legging warmers that kind of show up. This is 2014, by the way. So just imagine that fashion with like a vest and like a sweatshirt and a scarf. (laughs) So we get in the car and I still remember so distinctly. I remember the road that we were on And I was sitting in the back seat and the seat warmers were on and it felt so cozy and warm in the car because it was so cold that night. And I heard Mr. Brightside and something in me came alive. If you've ever seen or read The Perks of Being a Wallflower, there's a quote that I lived by for the entirety of my senior year. And if you were to talk to any one of those friends, even if I may not be friends with them anymore, they would tell you I was defined by two things, Mr. Brightside by the killers and the quote from Perks of Being a Wallflower. And in that moment, I swear we were infinite. 
That was the only way that I knew how to describe what I felt. And it was magical. I jaywalked across that street from our senior parking lot to the football lot with this guy and we held hands as we ran across. And it was like this snapshot was taken in my head, both of me in that moment, as well as looking down on myself as, as if I had this bird's eye view where I was both within and without, which by the way is a Gatsby quote. And I was also very obsessed with the great Gatsby. I feel like that is no surprise. I'd never been part of a group like that before. They were all band kids and I Always felt like I was an honorary band kid. Even though I didn't play a band instrument, I still played music. And jaywalking across the street that night with that guy and going through the football game and then going over to one of their friends' house and sitting really close, like our shoulders are touching on the couch, watching Hot Rod. (laughs) It was as if that was the best night of my life. And I actually think 18-year-old me would have said that was the best night of my life. And I didn't know it at the time, but this would introduce this intense struggle with my Christian self and feeling normal for the first time. I felt like a normal high school kid. And I would have moments where it almost felt like I disassociated from who I really was, how I had experienced myself. And I was getting a taste of this different lifestyle and this different diverse group of people. And what sucked the most was even within that group of friends, I still felt awkward and still felt like something was wrong with me. I was still as Christian as you could possibly be. And one of the things I'm most ashamed to admit is remembering this one moment talking with one of my friends. We were in his house. I I remember what the living room looked like. I remember what color the couch was and me telling him that I thought being gay was a sin. And I, I really wonder at this point why he stayed friends with me. Like he was a fuck boy. And I'm so excited to tell this story because goddamn, do I've got some tea on this guy. Wow. I just realized I'm going to get to talk about this on my fucking podcast. I feel really great thinking about this. That's an aside. I don't know why he stayed friends with me after that point. I'm like, maybe you just thought I was pretty and you wanted to fuck me. And you were just playing the long game waiting for me to get to that point. Like, I'm, I'm going off the rails at the moment, but if you haven't heard the Taylor Swift song question, it's off of her new Midnight's album. I, I'm having this moment right now of wishing I could ask him, why the hell did he stay friends with me after hearing all of my like ideas that I had that I was sharing with him, as well as trying to fucking evangelize to him and like invite him to one of my churches, which I am just, man, I'm getting a lot of memories coming back right now. This feels like therapy. I'm like remembering taking him to church with me and like, which I totally forgot about that. And like sitting next to each other, me hoping that the message was going to convey shit to him, which I think that's the most narcissistic person I've ever experienced. And I do not believe any part of our experiences together were authentic. So let me set that stage. I need to like get off of this train right now though, because this is, this is content that I want to dedicate to a different episode. So I'm a, I'm a backup. We're going to reverse out of this dead end road right now. And we'll come back to this at a different time. I felt so depressed when we reached graduation because I realized nothing was going to be the same. Some people were going out of state for college, myself included. A couple of the people went to the same college. 
And I felt so sad about it that I would take photos and videos of our interactions together, especially if they weren't watching or I was trying to capture a really funny moment. And I remember how annoyed that like this friend group would get with me because of that. And like part of me feels bad because I'm like recognizing how awkward that is to just whip your phone out as like this organic moment is happening and film it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? And like the me now wouldn't do that. Um, although I have done it once the first time that I got high, I was laughing so hard at something that was going on at our dinner table with our friends that I have a video of me laugh. I have that video of me laughing. And that's like, I'd say that's the exception, but like this 18 year old version of me was taking videos and photos at like every moment. And of course, with hindsight, I realized why it was because I was afraid I wasn't going to experience it again. And I was almost foreseeing how difficult life was going to be after graduation because the friendships were going to change and dissipate. And it was like, well, who, who am I going to have now? Am I going to meet anyone at this new college I'm going to that's four and a half hours away from home? It was as if I was stockpiling these moments so that I could look back at them when I was sad. And I did. I remember that first semester of college being just a fucking disaster We'll go into that in another episode. That is an episode dedicated entirely to depression in general. And I wound up coming home from that college and my second semester of freshman year going into sophomore year, I finally transitioned into the college that I would eventually graduate from. I tried going back to one of the churches that I had gone to and it just didn't feel the same. I remember distinctly telling someone at this church that I was trying to make friends And her response was something to the extent of, well, just keep praying about it. You'll find a group eventually. And it made me so fucking angry because I was like, instead of inviting me to be a part of, you know, your group or, you know, hey, like come to dinner with us. Cause like, that's what they would always do. They would always go to dinner together after the service. And I was like, okay, you know, um, I feel like if the tables were turned, this is, you know, recognizing someone is saying, Hey, I don't have friends. I'm looking to try to like fit in somewhere or at least like get introduced to some people. And your response is, well, just keep praying about it. Fuck that. And so after three years of the pandemic and some job changes and moving across the country, we're here now. And I can still feel like I don't belong. My boyfriend grew up quite differently than I did yet. Very similarly, we grew up in similar moral upbringings, but he went through the public school system entirely and he still has friends from both elementary and high school that he has stayed connected to for over 15 years. And he will make these jokes, especially edgier ones, that I know even my squad group of friends my senior year of high school, even though I'm younger than him, would have understood and I don't get it or I don't get that sexual reference. And those moments can make me feel like I can't relate, that I don't belong, that something's wrong with me. That seems to be the common theme. And so when I was coming up with the title for this episode, it was making me think of the subreddit as well as on TikTok, like that phrase like, oh, I'm not like the other girls because it was like, goddamn, was that the episode title for that entire period of my life? I'm feeling this sense of relief right now after sharing all of that. We're nearing the end of our episode and I hope that this set the stage for what you can expect from me. I feel relieved that this space exists and I'm going to be able to talk about these things because that was wild having some memories come back and 
feeling like I was both actively processing new information as well as sharing some of the lessons that I've learned over the last few years and it feeling very cathartic. And I just had a really wonderful time recording this. Thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of the Can't Relate podcast. Thank you so much for supporting me over the last six years, for those of you who are still with me or for joining in more recently. If you found me on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, wherever you found me, thank you so much for supporting me. You have no idea what your collective words and comments and voice memos have done for me sharing about your experiences and saying how grateful you were for me to be brave enough to share my information. It means so much to me getting your messages or your voice memos talking about how something that I have done has helped you feel brave enough to speak out as well or to feel like that you were heard and seen. That is bottom line, the entire goal for everything that I do, no matter if it's a podcast or vlogging my day-to-day or posting some random venting TikTok, my first priority is creating a safe space while also making it a fucking hell of a good time. I'm so grateful I get to set this table for you. You've got a seat at this table. It's got your name on it. Whether you are joining at this back end of me launching the first season or if it's several seasons in the future, or if you are an OG listener, there have been so many moments in my life that I have felt like I don't bring a lot to the table or I feel like something is missing from me. And a theme that you're going to continue to hear because I've already said it several times is I feel like something is wrong with me. And so part of this podcast is opening up the doors for a conversation to talk about how I know I'm not the only one and need you to know that you are not the only one who feels like something is wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you, by the way. Your brain may be telling you that there is, but let me be the first to say that this table is for you as well. So please come sit down, join the conversation that if you feel like you don't quite fit in somewhere, you belong here. And if anything else, make sure you take care of yourself today. Go on a walk, go get some sleep if you can, eat some food, make sure you drink water, make yourself a cup of tea, and be kind to yourself. I'll see you soon.